I would like to thank my sponsors, Maggie Flores with Southern Blues Boutique and Jessica Espinoza with Jessica's Crafty Creations. They both can do some very nice work. So y'all go like and follow their page and please support small businesses. Hello, you there? Yes, sir. How you doing? How you doing, man? You doing all right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, let me jump right into it. Welcome, everybody, to episode 26 of Levi's Youth Sports Talk. And today we have a, should be going to be a real good one. I just have this good feeling. We have somebody born in Los Angeles, grew up in El Paso, went to Hanks High School in El Paso, went to college at Texas State University, 14 season of coaching softball with Texas Blaze six years and currently coaching with the Texas Bombers and a recruiter for the McPherson College, NTX. I want to welcome everybody, uh, Coach O, to the show. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's it's awesome uh, to be here. Yeah, Co- Coach O, um, I just – I'm going to say Coach O. I'm going to stick with the Coach O because – I don't want to mess up your name. So if you want to, you know, tell everybody your name. <laughs> yeah, don't blame me, man. I actually, every time someone asks me my name, I just say, oh, because uh, it's pretty hard. But uh, the, the name's Octavio Arellanes. So that's why uh, we'll stick with O. Yeah, we're going to stick, we, we stick with Coach O through this episode. <clears throat> yeah. If you want to start off with your, with your upbringing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, nothing, nothing too crazy, nothing too spectacular, you know, had a, had a pretty good childhood. You know, I, I was born in California in LA, but we did move to, uh, Texas when I was uh, pretty young. I was about five years old. So I was really raised in, in Texas. Uh, you know, went through, through all my schooling there in El Paso. Uh, of course, now you look at it and, you know, I myself say El Paso is more New Mexico than it is Texas because it's way mm-hmm. on the other side of the country right. of Texas, right? <laughs> but uh, but we're still Texans. And, um, you know, just went through my school there, um, you know, graduated. As soon as I graduated, I came down to Texas State, which at that point it was Southwest Texas. You know, that's, that's going to date how old I really am. But, uh, okay. you know, um, and yeah, I moved. I, I've lived in in quite a bit of different uh, cities in, in Texas, all the major ones except, except Houston. So, um, but yeah, back, back home in El Paso, you know, just did the childhood thing, played several different sports, did a little bit of soccer. Uh, I was always too short for basketball, so didn't really jump into it. Uh, <laughs> football and uh, obviously baseball as well. So, Okay, and um, when you went to Texas State, was it on a, a scholarship, or did that was just uh, something you just decided to go there? No, it was just for uh, you know when went to school there. I um, didn't play college ball. You know, I, I actually in high school, my junior year, I decided to get out of uh, sports altogether. I played football and baseball, and decided to get out just because um, you know. The, the the dumb decision that that I made, thinking I was already grown up and started making some decent money, and thought uh, thought that was better than 
than uh, going on and playing sports, of course. You know, at that time, I didn't really have any direction. And in being able to play college ball or anything, you know, I was more of a, hey, I was having fun and, and it's over mm-hmm. now. You know? yeah. uh, would I, would yeah. I change something? Absolutely. Would I go back and finish high school? Absolutely, because you really never know. But, you know, at that time in El Paso, being recruiting out, recruited out of there, the way I saw it was was really difficult. And, you know, still to this day is, is not as strong as it should be because there's a lot of talent out there, a lot of kids that are very talented, both in mm-hmm. baseball, softball, and in other sports. But just because of, of the location where it's at, it kind of mm-hmm. gets overlooked. Yeah, right. We know it's like in the, just the middle of nowhere. I don't, I've never even been that way in my life. <laughs> yeah, it's it's. I mean, anywhere from Texas, you're you know from a major city, you're at least seven hours away. You know, here to DFW, you're looking at about eight hours. To San Antonio, it's about seven. Austin's about eight. So it's it's a a good hike. You mm-hmm. know, the city too is more Midland, Odessa, and you know that's that's a smaller town. So. Um, it's way out there. Yeah, right. Um, talk about um, how, how you got into coaching. Um, well, I actually got into baseball before I did in softball. Um, I was uh, living in Fort Worth at the time, and my nephew, he was 15, and he, you know, he needed a baseball uh, baseball coach. And it was just a direct league, you know, here and there in town in Fort Worth, and they're like, hey, Theo, you you want to come help us out? We need a coach. And I said, you know what? You know, it was me and and, and his dad, my my brother-in-law. We decided to uh, to coach the team, and we did a year of that. I ended up getting invited to be uh, an assistant coach for the uh, all-star team for baseball that summer, and um, started kind of falling in love with coaching. And I, you know, I, I moved from Fort Worth. So I stopped doing that. But when I came back, uh, while I was in, in Austin, actually, my daughters decided they wanted to uh, to give softball a go. And, you know, that kind of changed my whole outlook on, well, I guess we're not doing baseball. We're doing softball. <laughs> you know? yeah. And, and uh, which at that point, I thought, you know, hey, how, how different can it be, you know, and Little did I know it was, uh, it's, it's quite a bit different. There's a lot of, you know, similarities, but mm-hmm. you know, when, you, when you're, when you're dealing with uh, young female athletes, it's, it's a whole different ball, a whole different world. So, you know, some mechanics have to change. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, you know, I started in, into uh rec league. My oldest daughter was eight, seven years old. So she started into coach pitch mm-hmm. and my middle daughter was in T-ball. Um, you know, I was fortunate enough that that first year of my daughter being in coach pitch that, uh, I was the assistant coach to, to one of, to Malcolm, Malcolm Middlebrook. And, you know, I was able to, to learn a lot from him offside. Um, you know, he, uh, him and then Johnny Ramirez taught me quite a bit when, when we were, uh, you know, in my beginning stages and just started coaching till the, uh, you know, till now just, um. You know, kept going, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Uh huh. Name, name one thing. Like, well, not one thing. Name some, a few things that have changed from the time like that you started coaching to to now. Man, um, the competitivism, the athleticism. Um, 
you know, it's and, and obviously from where I started and where I started looking at the at the game, you know, back in when you're starting rec and you're starting to kind of just put a little, you know, a few things together, you don't really realize how competitive this game can be. And you start seeing it when I started into the, um, you know, the, the select world. For me, it was all about going and competing and trying to win win that trophy you know developing the girls absolutely it was all about getting them out there developing them but then also being strategic to win to where i'm at now it's don't get me wrong i love to win but the way i win is getting these girls college looks and visits and ultimately offers to you know go to their school so you know but but the the whole thing has changed because now technology is such a big piece of it where you know, you have a whole bunch of different technological advances that can help your swing, can help your mechanics, can help a pitcher, you know, it just, everything has changed so much that it's just, it's blowing up, which is, it's great for the sport, uh, just because there's going to be more opportunity in the future. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Like, um, so like, talk about like the process, you know, that you have to go through, like, when you first starting off the girls in the recruitment stages and stages until they get they that offer to the college? Well, everybody starts at a different level, you know, um, some girls come and they've, you know, to my team and they've already been through a few things where they already have some kind of sports page or, or individual page set up. Uh, and then there's some that have never done anything, you know, but ultimately the first thing I do is I sit down with them and I figure out, okay, what do you really want? You know, do you really want to do this? Because unfortunately the recruiting piece can be, it's different for everybody, but it can be a little stressful, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, we do see, unfortunately, there's some girls that, that it just, it, it falls apart and, and they just start stressing out so much. They say they don't want to do this and you need to kind of talk back and, and figure out why they're really doing this. Right. But once they get here, we have a good conversation. You know, if if they do have a page set up, then we start looking into it. Um, you know, seeing if it's if it's right and if it's attracting the right audience. Um, we have through through the organization we use NCSA Team Edition. Uh, I set all my girls up with that. I make sure they all start working on that, using that for emailing. Um, also, you know, all the videos and everything being being promoted on there but then they also have to get their own twitter account because the expectation is for them to be posted on there you know mm-hmm. the more, visi- the more visi- visible you are the more they're going to be able to see you and of course everybody has a different route you know everybody's going to be different their their personalities every you know you can have 15 16 girls on a team and every personality can be different when it comes to mm-hmm. that so, you know, just kind of sitting down and getting to know these girls and figuring out which way is going to work best for you. You know, that's that's pretty much what I do in the beginning is is get to know them. Okay, okay, and and you know, you 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 got the eighteen U team, so like, how how are the the practices? Do you still go through like a lot of fundamental stuff, or is it more like game time situations, or you try to even it out as much as possible? All of the above, man. No matter how old you get, you gotta you gotta work on basics. You gotta work on your everyday, you know, fundamentals. You know, the way I work it is, we do some conditioning as well. 
we do you know your basics a lot of we do a lot of of ground balls we do a lot of fundamentals because at the end of the day if you don't work on that you'll lose it you know it's that's why they're called everydays because you should be working on them you know or or your dailies is what we also call them um, but then we also incorporate a lot of game situations, a lot of coverages, whether it's bunk coverage, with, whether it's, you know, um, you know, slap coverage, you know, your cutoffs. We, we work a little bit of everything. You also got to work on base running, even at this level, just because a lot of girls come from different, different teams, different organizations, and you want to make sure that you're all on the same page, you know, working together as a team. Because mm-hmm. because uh, as much as they teach you the same, it's always might be just a small difference that one organization do different from the other one, right? With base running, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like speak about like how your like describe like your your coaching style. <laughs> um, I mean, don't give out, don't give out too much of your information now, you know. But it's a secret, you know man. <laughs> no, you know, <clears throat> I've been fortunate along the way. Like, like I mentioned before, you know, I've been, I've been fortunate uh, along the way to be able to coach with a lot of good coaches. Um, you know, back in back since eight U, I mentioned Malcolm and Johnny. You know, through the through the years, I coached a little bit with Nate Rodriguez. I don't know, I'm you've had them on this show, so you know mm-hmm. Nate pretty well. You know, I've I've been able to coach with them. I coached with several coaches in 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 Austin as well. And the way I the way I work is. I soak it all up. I'm like a huge sponge, right? Um, you know, I see everybody. I see what they're doing. I take everything and I put it together to the way I coach. Now, do I agree with everything that they do? Absolutely not. Do I think everything they do is wrong? Absolutely not. Everybody has their different way of coaching. And if it's working for them, hey, kudos to them. That's exactly what they got to do to do what they're doing, right? Mm-hmm. Um you know, the way I do it is, is I'm not, you know, I'm not the type that's going to be, you know, and, and like I said, everybody has their own way, but I'm, I'm not the type that's going to be out there yelling at the girls and, and bringing them down. On the contrary, I'm out there trying to motivate them, trying to teach them the right way. And the biggest thing that's been, been lost, and, and I'm not going to say it's been lost, it's, it's, uh, it can be lost along the way, and it just takes the right people to remind them we got to keep having fun with this game. You know, when, when they started out at eight, U, 10, U, heck, sometimes even in 12, U, they were doing it because they were having fun. You know, they were out there with their friends. They're out there having a good time. You know, we got to get back to that because ultimately if we don't, if we don't make that piece of it, you know, that part of fun, they're, they're not going to want to do it anymore because now it just becomes a job. Now it just becomes something they really don't want to do. Now, don't get me wrong, we do work. And the two things that I tell the girls is we're going to have fun, but we're going to focus. You know, we need to make sure we focus on what we have to do. As long as we're doing that, we're good. Now, do I have to have a a good, you know, stern conversation with them every once in a while? Absolutely. You know, make sure we keep them on the right path. But I'm not going to be the one that's going to be out there just constantly yelling them and and bickering and, and bringing them down because that's absolutely not what I do. And a lot of the great coaches, they, they don't do, you know, a lot of the great coaches are out there and they're motivating them at the same time they're finding and they're, they're putting them in the direction that they know 
they need to be, right? Um, now, every girl is different. Every athlete, just like everyone is different, every girl is different as well. So what works with one isn't going to work with another. You got to be able to find the right medium for everybody to be able to make sure your team molds and ultimately still respects you and wants to stay with you. Right. That's the that's the thing right there is just make sure you're keeping everybody like together, you know, like you say, on the same page, because once a few get off the off the page that everybody else on, that's when everything starts to crack. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's, that's the biggest thing. And I've been fortunate enough these last four years that I've this is my fourth year that I've been with the Bombers is I've I've gotten really good group of girls and along with that a lot of really good group of parents you know that are all that are all bought into the process they understand what the end goal is trying to do and these girls have been able to work well with each other and the biggest thing that i don't like when we have a team is when they have little groups with each other Mm -hmm. i want to i want to make sure that the whole team is a whole team and we're all in it together we're all on on the same page yes that's that's the first thing that i've seen personally that will that breaks up a team is when groups start forming because everybody know what start to happen in those groups right so that's like that's good that you know that's that's one thing that and and then it's like you know sometimes they will you know end up just not meaning to do it but It'll happen where a few be sitting here and a few sit here. And, you know, that's fine. But when it's like just all the time with the same ones, then that's when it's like, okay, like what's going on? Yeah, absolutely. And that's when things start falling apart. So, you know, and and am I am I going to say that it's always perfect? No, absolutely not. Mm -hmm. You know, we're still human. They're they're still they're still young ladies. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, but but the biggest piece of it is being there and reminding them what the end goal is and, and making sure that, that we're still staying on the same page, you know? Mm -hmm. Right. As in like, like as being a leader, like how, how would, how do you pick leaders like on on your team, the captains of your team or even, do you even have any? You know, I don't actually label, Hey, you're the captain, lead Mm -hmm. this team, but they're, I make it known that there are that I let them nominate themselves. I guess you can say in the last few years, in the last few years that I've coached is there's been a few girls that have stepped up that, you know, they keep the girls going, they keep the girls together, but because I don't actually say, Hey, you're the captain. Everybody kind of steps up and tries to take that role. Will it sometimes not work? Absolutely. There's going to be some times where I have to turn around and be like, hey, I need you to help me out and motivate these girls. You know, hey, you're my senior. I need you to take take control of this. But but I don't really get out there and say, hey, you're the captain. You're going to lead, you know. Now, with that said, I can recognize leadership abilities in certain girls, and those are the ones that I can see go out there and actually do it. You know, they nominate themselves by keeping these girls moving. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And man, how like how much do you do y'all play a lot of small ball or do y'all do it when the time comes or like how do you do that? So it, it depends. Um <clears throat> I do showcases, right? Mm-hmm. Uh for the most part, I'm not out okay, there. Yeah. <laughs> <But, yeah. laughs> 
I mean, well, here's here's you know yeah, sometimes yeah, yeah. speak speak on so, speak on the showcases and and how yeah. they, how they work. so so with the way showcases work, coaches want to go out there and see the abilities of all your players, right? So let me let me put it to you this way: if I have a slapper out there and her best game is to get on base at all costs because her speed is just unbelievable, guess what? I'm going to work. I'm going to work her speed. So if her best attribute is to put the ball down because she bunts it perfect every time and she's on base, mm-hmm. I may do that. But at the same time, I teach my slappers that, hey, you can't just be a, 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 a bunner. You have to be able to put it in play. You have to be able to read your def- defense. You know, if, if your defense is up, we ain't putting the bunt. If your mm-hmm. defense is back, hey, you may be able to drop it and you're getting on base. I want them to understand the game fully. You know, um, I don't want them to always just hit five, six. If they're playing a big hole and they leave that ball middle or inside, turn on it, get yourself a base hit on second, right? Mm -hmm. The rest of the girls, power hitters, for the most part, yeah, I'm probably not going to call a bunt on the showcase because at the end of the day, if a college coach is sitting right there, they want to see them swing. They want to see not just them hit a home run, right? Mm -hmm. They want to see the whole – if they, you know, how their swing mechanic is, they want to see how they react. If, if the girl strikes out, they want to see how they react going to the, uh, to the dugout. Mm-hmm. They're going to drag their bat and just kind of go on their own. Or mm-hmm. are they going to go in and say, Hey, I'm going to get this next time. Let's go girls. And, and, you know, start, it's like, if, Hey, you know what? It happens and happens when life goes on, let's get back out there. Right. Mm-hmm. So during showcases, Probably more than not, not in a bunt. I mean, that's mm-hmm. you know because they want to see them hit. Right. Um, but when we get into tournament play, so for example, a lot of the showcases we do, there are there are some where on Sunday we go into a single elimination bracket. Well, at that point, then we get into strategizing. Now we go to win, right? Mm-hmm. If, if we have to punt and play some small ball, we're gonna play small ball. Right. If, if we have to, you know, lower in the uh, the infielders so that we can be able to get a good line shot over them, we're going to do that too. So it, it just becomes a strategy at that point. But when it comes to showcases, I mean, uh, more than likely I'm going to have them swing away because they need mm-hmm. a – Yeah, they need a sh- showcase, right? <laughs> yeah. It's called yeah. showcase. Yeah, okay. Because I've, I've heard even like a few, like if coaches, if a girl strike out and the coaches want want to see them hit, then they'll let them hit again until they they finally see them. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah. So if a college coach comes up and says, you know, hey, I'm really looking at your third baseman here. Um, can Is she coming up to bat? Yes, actually, she's the second one on there. Okay, perfect. So she goes up and she hits the ball, right? Mm-hmm. She gets a good hit. And the coach says, hey, let me see her one more time. I'll put her right back to bat. Mm-hmm. I say, well, get her up, runner, put her on first, second, wherever she was, get that player back at bat because that's what we're there for. And the other coaches know that. You know, I mm-hmm. want to say about 90% of the time, the other coach understands exactly what's going on too. Or if they don't, they learn it at that point because the blue says absolutely. So they're like, okay, I guess it's legal. And then I've been many conversations I've had either during the game or after the game, they come and talk and I explain to them how showcases work, you know, and you always have to be, you have to be, as a coach, you have to be willing to learn and to be willing to coach others. Because ultimately it's not about me, you know, helping the girls recruit and only me. It's about getting every coach that's out on that field 
to coach and help these girls get recruited because I, you know, there's, there's hundreds and hundreds of hundreds of girls and there's only a few coaches. So you mm-hmm. want to make sure that those coaches know what they're doing. So, um, but yeah, if, if, a, if a college coach asks, Hey, let me see your hit again, she's going to hit. If she's not in the lineup like, or she's like sixth or seventh in line, you know, to, to go up to bat mm-hmm. and she says, Hey, is she going to come up to bat? She is, she's the next batter. You know, just because we're there for that. And a lot of times these coaches, a lot of coaches are always like, no, 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 you do you, you know, play your game. Don't make me change anything. But they only have certain limited amount of time to be there. You know, they can't be there for the whole game. Sometimes they're only there for me, right? And they came specifically to see that girl. Then you got to be willing to say, hey, this is where we're at. But, but it's very important, very important that you explain that to the parents and the girls from the get-go. Mm-hmm. It's very important for, for your parents to understand that we're all in this to try to get the, the next girl recruited. Whether it's your daughter or her teammate, your time will come. So you have to understand that if, you know, a coach comes up and says, hey, let me have, I don't know, Peggy hit again, you know, but she she just hit last inning. Well, guess what? I'm going to put her to hit, but it's okay because next game, guess what? They're going to call her daughter. They're going to come and talk to your daughter and say, hey, I want to see her. Guess where she's going to be? She's going to be at bat. So mm-hmm. very important you explain to the parents. Now, do the parents always, you know, are they always super 100% on board with it? It all depends on the conversation you have. And that's why it's important you let them know from the get-go, but you have to be fair about it. You right. can't just do it for one or two girls. You have to do it for everybody. Everybody. Yeah. That has to be fair across the board. Mm-hmm. That's what that's – I mean, that's good. I mean, hopefully, you know, you always – you can get parents that, that understand what's, what's going on because, I mean, that can, that can make or break the kid at, at that given moment, you know. Absolutely. And, you know, when it comes down to showcase, I'll tell you a little bit about how I do my defense. Um, mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times, I see, so I'm out there, yeah, like I said, I, I want to win. Don't get me wrong. Everybody does, right? I mean, I don't think you can go and ask any coach, hey, do you want to lose this game? Absolutely yeah, not, right? Exactly. But, but I don't, when I go to a showcase, I rotate my girls every two innings. And that's why it's been it, it's been good with parents and for the most part most of my parents are on board and understand that because every two innings I will rotate my girls that's why it's very important that I and that from the very get-go before they even come on my team I explain to every single player look if you come and tell me I can only play third base and that's all I do and I ask you will you play first will you play second and you say no and you say all you play is third. I may want you because you're an amazing third baseman, but no, you're cutting down your playing time because I can't put you anywhere else. And I do rotate my girls. Mm-hmm. So if I put you at third, my expectations for you to be able to play first base as well, because that way I can rotate you because let's say first inning, my first two innings and, and don't get me wrong. I may get a lot of hate from other coaches saying that's absolutely wrong, but that's the way I do it. Yeah. And, and that's, that's the way I, I feel it's been working. Um, but my first two innings, I have one defense innings three and four. I'm going to rotate it around. Now it doesn't mean that, that, 
you know, you're going to go sit the bench now. It just means you're going to go play another position. Mm-hmm. You know, is there a possibility you're going to sit the bench? Absolutely. You're going to sit the bench. Everybody at any given weekend will sit the bench for at least two innings. That's just mm-hmm. the way it works. And that's, that's how they all know. Right. So if you tell me you're only a third baseman and I can't play you anywhere else, you're probably going to be sitting a little bit more than the other girls because that's all you can play. Right. Mm-hmm. Coaches love Coaches love when I, they can get a girl that is just an amazing third baseman, right? But let's say she's a freshman. She's a freshman in college, and she's an amazing third baseman. But guess what? They have a junior and a senior that right. are just as good. Mm-hmm. And if all you can do is play third base, guess what you're going to be doing for the first two, three years? All right, you're going to be sitting down. <laughs> exactly. So you got to be able to tell your coach and say, hey, I'm an amazing third baseman. But, man, if you see me at first, you're going to love me there, too. You know, if you see me in right field, you're going to love me there too, right? Because a lot of times they pick up these players because they have a big stick and they have an amazing at-bat, but they have nowhere to put them on the field, so the playing time's limited. Now, if they say, hey, can anybody play this? And if you're the first one to say, I can do it, well, have you played it? Absolutely. I played it with my select team. And you go out there and you shine because you were able to work both places. It just it opens up opportunities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. And then and that starts from from young, though, you know, it's, it's always good to start them young at at playing all these different positions, you know, because if, if you get them young and only play them at one position, once they get old, like you said, like it's just it's not going to work out for you in the long run. It's just going to be a problem once you get older, just doing that one position. Absolutely. Right. And, you know, and, and the thing about it is, too, is you're building their softball IQ. You know, you're you're letting them understand what the game is really about. If you only play them in one position, she's going to be an amazing player from that position and know exactly what she needs to do at any given time. But if they, they've never set foot on the opposite side, let's say you have an amazing shortstop and she's just like lights out shortstop, but she's mm-hmm. never played second base, everything's in reverse. Right, yeah. She may be lost. Now, most shortstop that are that good will understand it and get it quick. But my point is, is if you never give them the opportunity to see the other side, they're, they're going to struggle with it in the beginning. You know, when I was growing up with my daughters, both of them, they both, they could pretty much play any position. My oldest daughter, she, she, she was a catcher growing up. Um, she was actually getting looked at for catching before she decided she didn't want to play. She went through some medical stuff and she decided it was best for her not to play. It broke my heart. <laughs> it was the biggest, <laughs> biggest shock for me, but you know, I completely understand she she's, you know, doing amazing right now academically in, in college. Um, but she, she decided not to play. But my point was she could play any position out there. Mm-hmm. She and she actually could be a pitcher as well. And her junior and senior year, she finished playing high school ball. She said, I'll finish playing high school ball. Her junior and senior year, she was actually the starting pitcher for varsity in her high school because that's another position. I, I trained her to do everything. Um, mm-hmm. And my middle daughter was the same way. My middle daughter, she pretty much could play any position out there except pitcher. Now, if you ask her, she'll say she can pitch too just because <laughs> – in one tournament, we uh, she would always be practicing out there when you know, and when I would work a, a catcher drills with my daughter, she would be the one pitching to her sometimes. But uh, she was never on the mound. And in one tournament, I 
two of my pitchers were hurt and the other, I only had one pitcher there and I didn't want to, you know, throw her every game because I needed right. her bracket. And my daughter's like, just let me pitch. Well, <laughs> she was probably pitching slower than some Tangu girls, <laughs> <laughs> but she was throwing strikes, you know? So if you ask her, she's a, she's a pitcher, but no, she's not. <laughs> <laughs> he said, no, she's not. <laughs> but, oh, but the whole point of that is, you know, they, they can get on any any position and they'll know exactly what to do because that's that's what they were taught growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I make sure they understand. They understood the whole thing. And, you know, <clears throat> it's easier when it's just me and them and I give them one on one. When you have a whole group, you know, you got to be able to make sure that you can have others teach each other the different positions and it's important that you work on it during practice so mm-hmm. like if you, if you get a practice together and let's say you're working coverages and they're only working one position and you flip it around and you don't do any any of their other positions you get game time and you put them somewhere you know it, it's just not going to work right you haven't taught them that right mm-hmm. um and, I, and I'll be the first to admit, sometimes we run out of time in practice. You know, I get I get these girls usually for five hours on Sunday, and um, and it's a very short period of time because once we hit June, you know, we usually get about three or four practices in before we get our first showcase in June. And after that, it's almost every weekend. So, you know, you got to cram in a lot of stuff. And, um, you know, but I do, I do try to shift them around so that they can understand every position. Mm-hmm. That's but that's that's good, and even at at that age to still be doing that, you know, most yep. people are. Uh, There's a lot of teams that you see, and they don't move girls around, and when they do have to move them around, it shows that they don't practice them at those yeah. positions. Yep. How, how, I'll how give you an example. One of my uh, girls from last year, she's uh, she's at a JUCO right now, and she was a third baseman, and you know she was a power hitting third baseman. And she gets to to her school, and um, you know they had two third basements. They they were pretty good, and they didn't have a second baseman at all, like nobody. And so the coach is like, "Can anybody do this?" And then my my player raised her hand. She goes, "I can play," and she looked at her like, "Whatever." And she's like, <laughs> I, "I can play." Their coach is like, "Whenever you play," she goes, "Last year in select, my select coach would move us around, and I played second base for him." And she went out and she did amazing at second mm-hmm. base. And, you know, so now she's always starting. She's either a starting third baseman or a, thar- a starting second baseman. But she's always on the field because she had the opportunity to do that. So does it always work out that way? No. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, know? but hey, it worked out but, for her. That's all that matters. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. yeah, it's, hey, it's happened. It happens. Thing. Everything yeah. happens, man. Um, how, how important is it for players to be vocal on the field? Very. Um, they they have to communicate. They you know, first of all, for safety reasons, right? You know, if you have a, an outfielder, a left fielder, and a shortstop going after a ball, you need to be able to communicate and talk to each other. Hey, I got it. You know, you know, back off. Of course, in a nice way. Yeah, <laughs> calling right. the ball, right? But more <laughs> importantly, when they're out there talking, what what the girls have to realize is the more you're out there talking the more alive the game is and the more the team is, is building that chemistry. Everybody's on the same page trying to be motivate each other because 
Yeah. When someone's going, some then someone keeps, you know, one girl starts, the other one keeps it going, and it just kind of keeps going. That is building motivation and momentum. When we are quiet in the dugout, when we're quiet in the field, is when we know we're defeated. You know, and and I and unfortunately, this last fall and and the previous years too, it's it's happened to where, you know, something didn't happen and and the girls got quiet, and you can just tell they were defeated. You know, so we had to call time, have a good quick powwow, and say, hey. Where are we at, you know? And so it's it's very important that they they do they are vocal on on the uh, on the field. More importantly, a lot of college coaches like to see that, right? They like to see that they're out there and they're and they're communicating, they're talking because they know that when they get to their field, they're not going to have to teach them that. Now, is every girl vocal? Is every girl social? No. <laughs> but, yeah. But for it's, personal, uh, I got. Two that yeah. you don't like to talk at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, and um, you know, I was fortunate that mine, mine talk. Oh, my oldest talk, no problem. The middle one liked to talk, but just talk, not so much talk. <laughs> talk right? But um, you know, I, now I'll, I'll give you that with my middle daughter, the one that's that uh, is isn't playing in college. She, she, um, she was really never. She would never identify herself as a leader, although other girls did follow her a lot in everything that she did. She wouldn't identify herself as a leader because she she would struggle with being on the field, trying to motivate the girls and motivate the team. Come on, let's do this. Right. She would struggle with that. Mm-hmm. But as long as they saw her moving and doing the right things and, and still talking like, hey, we got one out, we got two outs, hey, plays out one. That that was enough for the girls to see, hey, that's going to work. Now, would she do it all the time? No. Did she do it as much as I wanted her to do it? No. I don't know if it's because she was my daughter and she was just kind of getting back at me. I don't know, you know. But <laughs> um, I never had issues like that with my um, mom. But, you know, it's, it's it, you always say that, right? But it ultimately, the more you can get them to understand that the more vocal they are, the better the team is going to be. And ultimately, this is a team game. There's not one girl that wins the game. There's not one girl that loses the game. Right. It's, it's a series of plays that every single player does to win or lose the game. And it's all it, – everything is a big piece of the puzzle. The more that there's communicating in the field, the better chances that your team is going to – even if you don't win, you're going to win that game because you were successful in something. You know, it's like, uh, you know, you don't lose, you don't lose a game. It's a learning opportunity, right? Mm-hmm. What did we learn from that game? Okay, we lost. Great. Whatever the score, they beat us by three, four, 10, 15 runs. What did we learn from that? What, what are the successes? What do we know now for next, next game, right? You have mm-hmm. to take all your failures as an opportunity to learn something from them. That's not just in, in the game. That's in life. You in know, life, yeah. we, that, that's just the life, the way life is. And, um, you know, getting off the subject, that's, that's, you know, just kind of putting something else in there. Every time I talk to these girls, since I started back, who knows, maybe I probably started doing this a good eight, 10 years ago is letting them know, look, I'm trying to make you a good softball player, but I'm trying to make you a great person in life because ultimately mm-hmm. that's what you have to be, you know, your your journey in softball will eventually end, but your life is going to continue. 
So I want to make sure that I'm preparing you not just to hit the field, but to hit the game of life. Cause that's, that's a more important longer game that you're going to have to live. So, um, you know, and that's my story and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> yeah, that's my story. Hey, hey, nobody, don't let nobody tell you different. <laughs> hey, so speak on, you know, your, your, your daughter, you know, going to college and play softball. How was her recruiting process? Man, I got to tell you, we were actually very fortunate. Um, she, she did get committed uh, her, the fall of her junior year. We started, so when we were in 14U, um, when we were in 14U, we were still with the Blaze, and we, at that point, I had actually decided I wanted to stop coaching. You know, I'm like, you know what, she's, she's in the recruiting age now, I want her to go and be part of someone else letting her coach. Well, that lasted for about three months. <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't my choice, but when I was, when we were on this team, uh, they actually asked me, Hey, will you please come help us coach? Uh, I had moved from Austin. We were blazed with Austin and, um, right, we lived in round rock, but we were in Austin and I had moved to the DFW area. And, um, that's why I said, Hey, this is my opportunity to, to step back. Right. And, so when I moved, they all knew who, you know, they knew who I was, the director there knew, the, the NTX director knew I had been coaching and everything, and um, her head coach and the director said, hey, can you step in to, to help out, you know, uh, we had a girl that had played at Texas A&M, she was, um, she was a great, she was great with the girls, she knew how to teach the girls softball, mm -hmm. she, she made my daughter a lot better at grounders. I mean, she was a dang good coach. She just struggled with the whole game piece, right? Um, and, and it's a learning curve. We don't all know right off the bat. She right. was an amazing player in college, but knowing how to, you know, put a lineup together, how to know the whole select world game, it, um, you know, it was a learning process, and, and she was going to do that. But then also the, the admin managerial piece also, she – she really didn't – she didn't know how to do it, and she didn't want to do it, right? So they asked me, hey, will, will you help her out? And I said, um, you know, of course, me being, oh, okay, fine, I'll, I'll do it. Because deep down, I really still wanted to do it. But um, we went to we went to uh, Las Vegas. We were invited as a 14U team, um, and we played in a uh, invite only against uh, a whole bunch of amazing California teams. And we were pretty good here in Texas, but when we went out there, it was just an eye-opening, just, whoa, what the heck? <laughs> um, these were some dang good teams. I'm just saying it was really some good teams. And the um, reason I'm bringing that up is because her, her uh, freshman year, or actually, was it eighth going into freshman? Yeah, eighth going into freshman was the last year before the NCAA rule changed. Um, where they could not get recruited before their before September of their junior year. Mm. So when we went uh, to Vegas, she actually did get some following by two schools. The unfortunate part is they talked to the head coach and didn't talk to me. Obviously, I'm not the head coach at that point. They're talking to her. Well, she didn't communicate that with me or with my daughter. And at that point, 
it was, I'll, I'll take blame for it too, because my daughter didn't email the coaches, any of the coaches out there. And I didn't follow up with them. And that was my mistake because I didn't follow up with her. Like, Hey, did you send the emails you were supposed to send? Let me make sure you did. And, and so I'll take that. And from that point, I'm like, look, we, we can't do that anymore. Right. We need to make sure that we're in front of these coaches. Well, you know, fast forward three, four months from there, the the recruiting changed to where now they have junior year. So we kind of took a break for a year, her freshman year. We, we had gone to some camps, um, you know, before all that changed. Mm-hmm. And the following year, we really didn't do any camp until her – uh, the summer of her sophomore year, summer, summer going from sophomore to, to junior. And we went out, we did a camp here in DFW. And uh, at that point, um, you know, she was getting some following. We, we did do, we did two visits, um, but coach Saldivar, uh, he's now coaching at uh, Texas uh, A&M International in Loretto. At that, at that point, he was at McPherson College. Well, before that, he was at OLLU down in San Antonio, and he had seen her in that camp, one of the camps that we went to her freshman, or that freshman year that we went. Uh-huh. When, when we went to this camp, um, he saw her, and he, the first thing he said was, where's your dad? And she goes, oh, he's over there. Because I had met him. We got along real well. He's like, all right, y'all don't leave until I talk to your dad. So came over, talked to me, and he's like, look, you need to come for a visit. And I'm like, what school are you at? And (laughs) yeah, you know. And he goes, I'm at McPherson College. And I'm like, where's that? (laughs) And he's like, look, I know I get that a lot, but we're up in Kansas. You know, I need you to come out there. He was the associate head coach. So he kind of handled um, more of the recruiting piece, going out and looking. And um, <clears throat> he would also, you know, help the head coach at the time, you know, with mm-hmm. some of the stuff there. But he's like, look, I need you, you. I want you to come up for a visit, come tour the campus, talk to uh, the head coach. And so he said, OK, cool. You know, so we we had only gone out. um we had only gone out to one visit before that, um, you know, so we didn't really expect much. And I'm thinking, you know, this is the very beginning where we still have a while to go. We really can't do anything until September. Or so, you know, um, but we went, this was in, we talked in, what was it in, uh, uh, at the end of July when we talked mm-hmm. in September, he, is when we went up no in september is when he called me again he says hey you know i know you're in school back and back in school now let's let's do this visit so we went up and did the visit in early october and um you know we visited with we toured the campus we visited to the head with the head coach and he didn't really know us uh coach segovia didn't know us and he's like look okay you know so talks up you know that you're really good i want to talk about your grades so we talked the first thing he asked is how are your grades so it's very important that girls know grades are very important mm-hmm. okay and we'll touch on that here in a little bit but anyways um we talked about that he says okay i want you to do me a favor he goes i want you to go ahead and go home talk about it with your parents but I want you to send me an unofficial transcript because I need to make sure that your grades are where they say you are. Okay, perfect. He goes, and at that point, the following weekend, we were going to play in the Ronald McDonald in Houston, right? And he goes, I'm going to be in Houston recruiting. I'm going to come see your games. 
perfect. So drove home and, um, you know, when we were doing this whole recruiting thing, I'm talking to my daughter and, and kind of going down, okay, what schools are you looking for and whatever. And, you know, we were never the type that were D1 or bust. We were the type, you know, I told her, look, we're not looking for D1. We're not looking for D2. We're not looking for D3, NAIA, Juku. We're looking for a school that's going to be the right fit for you. Mm-hmm. You know, a school that you like the coach, a school that that's going to be what you want to do. You know, it's going to have your major. It's it, you're going to feel comfortable there. And, um, you know, I learned early in the process that D1s, don't get me wrong. Everybody has a dream to go play D1. Right. But me as a parent, because I was a parent first, I told her, you need to understand where you're, where you want to go. And she always told me that I, I don't think I want D1. And I said, okay, perfect. Could she have gone D1? I don't know. We never really even tried that. So, you know, is she good? Yeah, she's pretty good. She doesn't really have the size of a lot of girls, but, but she had, she had the ability, right? But I'm, you know, but back to, to the Ronald McDonald, we, she sends the unofficial transcript. We get to Ronald McDonald, you know, scan the, the, the schedule. He comes to our first game on Friday. He sees her. She she was playing shortstop for me at the time, and she's playing shortstop. She makes she makes two diving plays and throws out at first that are pretty tough to make. And then the next the next inning, she comes up. She wasn't my leadoff. She was my second batter that game. She would always come back and forth, either leadoff or second batter. She goes up to bat the second batter, and she gets a really good hit. It's a double. She's a, she was a slapper. And uh, right after on base, Coach Sokovia comes around, the head coach. And <laughs> he, I'm coaching third base. He's like, oh, come here. I walk over. He's like, hey, do me a favor. I go, what's up? He's like, sit your daughter the rest of the weekend. And I'm, oh, like, I'm like, what? He's like, I need you to sit your daughter the rest of the weekend. I'm like, why? He goes, I don't need any other coach to look at her. I want her. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, what? He's like, no, nah, I'm just kidding. He goes, but you'll have an offer for me on Monday. I'll get back to my office Sunday. I'll send you my offer on Monday. I'm like, okay. And um, so sure enough, you know, Monday comes around. He gives her a call, uh, makes, you know, gets us on the phone, me and her, and presents his offer. But before that, I'm sorry, I, I, I fast-forwarded. On the way back from Kansas, you know, it's my wife, myself, and, and my daughter. And the whole time when we were recruiting, my daughter had said, Dad, I don't want to go to a small school. I want to go to a bigger school, you know, where, where there's, a, you know, a lot more students. Mm-hmm. And I want to be in a big city. I don't want to be in a small town. I want to be in a big city. She grew up in a big city all, you know, all her life. So she's like, I don't want a small town. I want a big city. Right. I want to make sure that there's a Chick-fil-A in town. <laughs> I'm like, wow, your priorities. Right. But um, on the way home, you know, there was none of that. It's a small little town. It's a mm-hmm. small school. There's about 800 students there. Um, she, she, we're driving home, and I'm thinking. I told my wife when we were getting in the car, my daughter didn't li- uh, hear me. I go, I go, I really like the school. I like what it's all about. I liked. It was very homey. Everybody was so awesome. But I told her, I go, but I think it's not gonna be a fit for her because this is a small town and it's a small school. And she told me, and she goes, yeah. She goes, we'll see. So on the way home, my daughter goes, you know what, Dad? If they make me an offer, I want to go there. And I'm just like, what? 
she, yeah. she goes, I, I like the campus. I like the teachers. I like the people. She goes, I really like the coach. She goes, if, if he makes me an offer, I, I want to go here. I'm like, okay, well, let's see what happens. So anyways, Monday comes around and she, uh, he got an offer. It was, it was a pretty dang good offer. And when I say NAIAs have money to offer, they mm -hmm. do. Right. Um, because the nice thing about most NAIAs, they have academic money and athletic money. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's important to have grades because the higher the grade point average you have, the more money you can get. And not just at NAIAs, in every school, in every right. school, D1, D2, you know, obviously D3 because they have all uh, academic, you know, but in every school, the better your grades, the more opportunity you're going to have to get scholarships uh, to go there. So that's why it's very important to have good grades. But um, yeah, they made an offer. She accepted and that was it. You know, so what was nice about it is the recruiting piece for her was done, but it's, but what I told her was, Hey, you may be done recruiting, but now the hard work starts. Now I got to get you prepared to be a college softball player. Yes. And uh, one thing I tell these girls is, Hey, once you committed, you're not done. You got to keep working. You got to get better than what you are now, because when you get on, when you get on that field in the college, they're going to expect you to be better than what you were not the same and uh, so so yeah you know it the the recruiting piece for my daughter was was uh for her like i said for every girl is different for her it was it was a lot simpler than a lot um some of the girls that i've helped get to college have had the same fortune where it's it's been really simple and some that it's been a lot more stressful you know so you know the whole the, the whole thing about recruiting is you have to have patience and, it, and i'm a huge believer is when it's your time, it's going to happen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You just got to wait, not rush it. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause when you rush things, that's when, that's when things fall apart, but you have to just be patient. And when it's, when it's your time to do it, it's going to happen. Mm -hmm. so. Oh yeah, man. That's say, that's a, that's good for your daughter, you know? Cause like you said, it was, it wasn't so stressful for her. Yeah. It happened good for her. That's, that's real good. What, so I um so when the girl is like in a slump, a hidden slump or in defense, you know, having to have had a few errors, like what's some what's a good pep talk that you give them to kind of, you know, motivate them and help them get back to the positive vibes again? I always make them laugh. I always say a joke about it. I mean, that's that's just me, right? So if they make an error and you go out there and you say, Man, and, and like I said, every coach is different, every coach has <laughs> Way of doing their things and every player is different but the way I am is I make a joke is you know if they make an error I say well at least this and this didn't happen right and and I just chuckle right um if they're in a hitting slump and and they just can't hit the ball look here's here's what I tell the girls look are you striking out every time and if they say no I'm like then you're doing your job your job is to make contact and make your defense work mm -hmm. that's the biggest thing that a lot of girls don't understand is that you know, softball and baseball is a, is a game of failure. You know, yeah. a, a 300 batting average it's pays of <laughs> dollars to, to these baseball players. Obviously, you know, unfortunately it doesn't do for softball, you know, but they get college scholarships when they're batting three out of 10, four out of 10. You know, if you look at some of these girls in, in college right now, they're, they're amazing hitters and their average are 300. Mm -hmm. Right. So, 
it's like I tell them, look, if you're putting the ball in play, you're doing what you have to do. You know, if you're putting the situations, you got a runner on first and second and you're hitting that ball to right field to move your ball, your runners, you're doing your job, right? But the most important thing that I tell the girls, you know, obviously not during the game, but after the games is you got to keep working. You know, I'll give you an example of one of one of the girls that's on my team right now. She she started off the season hot. She hit a, a couple of home runs, was hitting a ton. And the last few games, she was struggling. She just couldn't hit to save her life. And I just said, look, stop. Stop putting so much pressure on yourself. On yourself. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you're the one that's doing this on you. You need to just relax, keep working, do what you're doing, and it's going to come. That's just the way it works. And sure enough, the other day, she she texts me and she says, hey, I just I just hit a walk-up double. And I'm like, heck yeah, that's awesome. You know, and then she just hit another home run. And this girl has a lot of talent. The only problem is when, you know, not just her, but all the girls. And, and from when I started coaching to now, when these girls put so much pressure on themselves, they can't they can't work to their best abilities. Because right. It's just mm-hmm. clouded. Yeah, they're they too worried back, about messing up. Yeah. When they start relaxing and, and understanding that, hey, I can do this, boom, it happens, you know, and it's just, and it's, so that's what I tell them, you know, hey, just keep working. It's going to be okay. Everybody goes through slumps. It's all right. You know, and, and I remind them, as long as you're putting the ball in play, that's what it's all about. Will you strike out? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. It's going to strike out. It's going to happen. That, that's it. You know. A lot, too. So they're gonna, yeah, it's, it's going to happen. <laughs> But it's how you react to that and how you keep moving forward. You know, how did you strike out? They struck me out on, you know, it's like I used to tell my daughter, how did they strike you out? It was a low outside fastball. That was like her nemesis. She she struggled with that pitch. But when she would strike out, I'm like, well, you know what to do? Yeah, absolutely. She would go and she would work on that specific pitch and she'll, until she can get contact and make good contact on it. And, and that's all it is. It's learn from what you what happened right learn from your mistakes learn from your failures so you can avoid that happening again mm-hmm. yep oh yeah i agree 100 with that what's what what advice you would give players like to stay disciplined with their at academics and like with the sports um pay attention in class <laughs> you know that's like the hardest uh, part right <laughs> yeah i know especially in high school i mean i went through high school i get it you know i had daughters too i get it too but you know when it comes down to it is is if you want to be a, a student athlete it's like high school is is prepping you for it it doesn't it doesn't get easier just because you're in college and oh i'm a college ball player now no you're still gonna have to do school you're still gonna have to do grades they're still going to make you study. They're still going to make you take tests, you know, pay attention in class. Cause a lot of that, a lot of the answer to the tests are in class, you know, and, and do the work, um, you know, just do, do the work. That's it. You know, it's yeah. important that you get these grades and, and I know a lot of girls go through it, you know, where it's like, Oh, well, you know, I'm bored in class or I got this going on and, that going on i get it i understand but these should be your best years and it doesn't you know college isn't going to be easier than high school focus and get good at certain things in high school when it comes to studying when it comes to taking tests because it'll ultimately help you in college and manage your time wisely 
You know, there's, there's a lot of time where you can, you know, go out and have a good time. And what is it now? TikTok and all this. Oh, other yeah. Stuff. You know, understand that the more you spend on that is the less time you're going to spend on doing your homework. And, um, you know, I, I get it. You know, I was a teenager before. I didn't have TikTok back then, but there was a lot of other attractions, right? Mm-hmm. But it's just being able to manage your time and knowing, okay, it's time. Now's the time to do this. It's another time to do that. You know, it, it, it's a lot of time management, and ultimately, that's going to help you through college. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. Because it's just, man, it's 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 so hard to you know get distracted in college. I, I didn't go to college, so you know I was there. I just didn't go to the classes. You know, I was I was doing the wrong stuff at college, you know. But yeah. <laughs> but you know, like it's just I, I have friends, you know, that actually went, and it's just you know seeing them just struggle and then do good and struggle is like for me. Yeah. It, it just wasn't. It wasn't for me. It did, you know. It just for me, college wasn't it. But my kids. I let them know, like, you know, I didn't go to college, but you have to go to college. Even if it's not for sports, you need to go find something to do in college, though. Like, don't be like me. (laughs) You know what? It's a a safety net, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Now, because, man, it's, it's so easy for these kids to just fall into the wrong group and trap and and yep. the way these kids do all this crazy stuff these days, it can just go left real fast. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and at the end of the day, you know, college, is it going to be, it's not like it used to be back in the day where, hey, get a college degree and you'll be set for life. Unfortunately, that doesn't happen anymore, right? Mm-hmm. But it opens up a lot of opportunities for you. You know, yeah. it, it opens up a lot of opportunities. And and for some, college just just is not it's not the way to go. They just cannot do college. And that's fine too. But try to get yourself a trade or something. <laughs> some kind of trade, some kind of certification to be yes. able to fall back on. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just, you know, it, it, it helped you struggle less. You know, it, yeah. and, um, you know, don't get me wrong. There's been a lot of successful people that didn't finish. You know, I went right. to Tennessee State and I, I started, but I didn't finish my degree. Now I go back and I'm like, man, I wish I would have finished because it would have made things a lot easier. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's what I, that's what I preach to my daughters is look, you know, I understand it's stressful. I understand that it takes a lot of time, but ultimately when you're done, it's going to open up so many doors for you. And now my daughter that my older daughter, she graduates this May. She already is, is seeing that she's already telling me dad, I'm really glad you, told me to focus on this because she's she's doing really good you know and and it's opening up so many doors that she has she has options right now you know so again college isn't for any everybody but if you can make it work strongly suggest making it work yeah and so so you're the the recruiter like now at mcpherson college yes yeah so um so a year after my daughter committed there, um, the head coach at the time had told me, hey, you know, he he actually got uh, a friend of mine from from uh, Austin. He was recruiting the South Texas area. So everything Austin, San Antonio, down to the valley. And then he told me, hey, I have uh, I have John down there. Do you want to be the North Texas recruiter? 
he goes that way you can handle all of uh you know dfw all the way to to uh east texas over like tyler longview and then across he goes but then also if you want to go to other states and do that too you know to triple crown or whatever you can and i'm like heck yeah you know i'll, I'll love to do that mm-hmm. so at the time it was a two um you know there was another one on the west coast and i've been fortunate enough to be able to go work a lot of camps and the way i do it the way i work is i'll go to these camps i'll go to these showcases and i'll talk to the uh to the players and the coaches get a feel for hey you know this is the type of player we want at this school right if i see someone that catches my hand says this girl needs to be on our team then what I'll do is I'll get, you know, I'll talk to the the, uh, the player and the coach. If they are interested, then I set set them up directly with the head coach so that she can go ahead and schedule a visit with them. So she'll they'll still go and do the visit with them. They have to obviously, you know, tour the campus, see the, see the school and everything, talk to the head coach. Um, during the time I'm sending the head coach videos and, and having the player, you know, communicate directly with her so that she can be able to see, you know, see her in action. Because unfortunately I know college coaches would love to be at every showcase every weekend all the times. Yeah. But yeah, right? <laughs> so, you know, she's, she, um, you know, I've sent a few girls that way and, and they've all, not all of them have committed, obviously, you know, I wish I could be a hundred, hundred percent but we're not because there's a lot of schools out there Mm -hmm. Uh, but we've been able to find a a good mix of girls uh you know to join the team next year and and the following year and it's been it's really excited for me because not only do i get to go and recruit these girls but i get to meet a lot of college coaches out there and it it um, it's really cool because you get to meet a lot of awesome and, and interesting people, but also it helps my team because now I'm I'm forming relationships with with these coaches and knowing what they're looking for. Right. Um, you know, so it's it's kind of like a two way street. It's pretty nice. Um, you know, I've been fortunate to meet a lot of really good people. So. And go some cool places. We were in Vegas last year recruiting in, in October or November, and that was a pretty good time. <laughs> nice. Oh, okay. So if you get vacations along with it, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you can say a vacation. We're on the field. When I was there um, in Vegas, I got there on Thursday. We had a coaches meeting Thursday night. Uh, so Thursday was pretty nice. I was able to hang out, whatever. But then Friday, I was on the field from – Seven in the morning, all the way to about eight thirty o'clock at night. Saturday, yeah. I was there from seven thirty all the way to nine, and then Sunday we had to be there at seven in the morning till about two o'clock. So when Sunday came around, I was exhausted. Right? Yeah, <laughs> never mind. You have no vacation. <laughs> yeah, no. It, I mean, yeah, you know, when you finish at the end of the night, you you get to kind of if you want to go and walk the strip or everything, you can and you know hang out but i was exhausted man and um the worst part is in 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 november so so i've gone there with my team in october and it's usually like halloween weekend and it's a little chilly you know not too bad it's it's still like in the the 80s or whatever when i went last year we went in november two weeks later it was freezing it was like in the 40s and 50s and the the wind was killer and uh we were all just 
bundled up. All of our coaches, we were all just standing around like, okay, there's freezing out here. <laughs> you know, because you go to Vegas thinking, okay, it's hot. You know, you're mm-hmm. in the desert. But no, it was cold. it was a good time i met a lot of cool coaches from all over the country from new york all the way to you know washington and california so it was really exciting i get to i got to meet a lot of those awesome coaches so it, it was pretty good and for those uh for for those 18 u teams out there uh, I'll give a little uh, advertising for this showcase. It's a really good showcase to get your girls recruited because these coaches are actively looking for players. They're not just going out there just to have a good time. They're actually out there looking for girls. So it's a really good one. Nice. And, like, being a recruiter out there, like, as much as you're looking at the the kids, you know, do recruiters pay attention to, like, how parents act? Two or uh, are they just where mainly just the kids? No, absolutely. Because when you're getting when you're getting a a, a player, you're you're getting the family. You know, mm-hmm. you're you're getting them out there, and you know you don't want a parent that's going to be in the stands just running their mouths. You know, you want them to be respectful. You want them to to be positive. You know, and it, it's not just during the game; it's after the game. How do they interact with their with their daughter and their player? Are they are they pumping them up or are they, you know, bringing them down? Because, you know, if she gets to college and and she has a bad game, a bad weekend, you know, she's already feeling down. You know, most right. of our players, most of our daughters, if they make an error, they're already beating themselves up. Mm-hmm. By yep. the time they get to us, like they've already beat themselves up so bad. So if, if a parent keeps bringing them down and telling them, "Oh, why'd you do that?" and you did this, it's it's not going to be good. You know, so. We, yes, we definitely pay attention to who the parents are. And I, you know, you can also kind of see who's where. You know, I've been doing this for a while. You can kind of say, oh, she's, he's probably a pitcher's parent. Oh, he's probably, <laughs> you know, just kind of paying attention to him. And, and uh, my wife tells me that I have a staring problem. <laughs> sometimes I stare too much at people, but it's not like I'm just trying. That's just me. I, I like. You know, even in my work, I I I have to read people, and I need mm-hmm. to understand who they are. Yes. And uh, you know, I've I sometimes I can tell who's who. But yes, they we pay a lot of attention to parents. Mm-hmm. What's some What's some good advice you would give your younger self? Um, it's gonna be okay. <laughs> it's gonna you know, be okay. Yeah. Um, you know. In, in the early years, focus, focus on development, you know, and make it make sure you're making it fun. You know, I'll, I'll be one to admit in, in the beginning with my oldest daughter, you know, I was I was one of those strict dad coaches where, you know, I wanted her to be perfect. And um, sometimes I would come down on her too hard. And, and through you year through the years, I started learning that that's that's not always the way you should do it, um, at least for me. Right. And, um, you know, that, that it's going to be okay. And, and, and knowing that, you know, it's the recruiting piece. If I could give myself the knowledge I have now and put it back five years, it would be a lot easier now, you know, because I understand it a lot more, but ultimately remember, Oh, one thing I do, I do want to give, um, a quick thing for coaches that dads that are coaches, make sure someone in the stands is taking pictures for you. 
because it will end. <laughs> you know, it, it will end. I've been I've been fortunate enough that um, these last few years I've had one, you know, a parent that's always taking pictures mm-hmm. and we're able to have those pictures. So we get them posted on Facebook for the team mm-hmm. um, and, and we have pictures. But if it wasn't for them taking those pictures, I wouldn't really have pictures. So yeah. for you coaches out there that have kids on the team, whether it's it's your, you know, your significant other, a friend, a relative, have someone taking pictures of your kid because mm-hmm. those those are the memories that you're making memories on the field, but it's always nice to have pictures. You know, and yeah. take pictures, take pictures with your daughters. I'll I I would say Going back, I tell myself, make sure you get a picture, more pictures with your daughter on the field, because I hardly have any. <laughs> Man, that's, that's I, was always, you get, I was always worried about coaching, you know. Yeah, you giving that advice directly to me. <laughs> 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 that's that's one thing my wife get on me about is taking pictures. Like I don't like to take pictures like i don't either (laughs) like and she she always said you need pictures you need pictures and i'm like for what like i'm right here i don't need a picture and she but the pictures and videos my wife that's she's the one she takes videos pictures of everything yeah and and, and that's good that you have someone that that can do that for you you yeah unfortunately with us you know i was always with my oldest my wife was always with my middle one and you know so there was a period where i didn't really have pictures with either one of them just because we were we were exactly. one way or another and it 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 uh, it's unfortunate you know because mm-hmm. yeah i have the memories but heck you know my memory isn't what it used to be so. right yeah <laughs> and that, yeah, that so. we going through that exact thing like right now <laughs> the yeah. separation the separation part and but and I and I still don't take pictures when I'm with, with her alone, like you said. It's just like I don't know. I guess it's just like I, I have it in my mind and even my wife would text me, like, make sure you take pictures and yeah. then the day is over and I'm like, crap, I ain't take no pictures. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And another I guess another thing too is um you know, you got me started, man. Now I'm Uh-oh. gonna keep going and going. <laughs> no, another thing, um, and back to the recruiting piece, um, you know, something that I would have told myself before is make sure you're capturing video of the game. Mm-hmm. Because that now the way recruiting is now, video tells a million stories, right? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, it it, everything kind of changed from all, all this craziness with COVID to where, you know, coaches are recruiting a lot on video. You know, they're getting all their stats, their electronical stats from hitting and, and fielding and their arm strength, everything, their velocity, the the exit velo on their bat, everything. And they're also watching video. So make sure you're recur- recur- uh, recording at bats. Make sure you're, you know, on the field recording now. Is it as important when you're an 8, 10, and 12? Probably not, you know, because, well, they're really not recruiting at that age. Um, Every once in a while, maybe record them so that you can kind of learn from, okay, look, this is what we need to work on in practice, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, This is what we got to do. Hey, look at this is what I need to fix in hidden mechanics, pitching mechanics, whatever. But when you hit 14 and above, video is going to go a long way. 
is going to go a long way. So um, I definitely would make sure and, you know, don't go out there and invest in this, you know, thousand, thousand dollars on a camera. Your, <laughs> your iPhone works just fine. Yeah. You right, know, yeah. Just record the game. Um, you know, whether it's the game changer, Facebook live athletes go live, or if you're just recording it on your phone, you know, whatever it is, record yeah. the game because it allows you to go back and, and get the videos of the, the big winning hit or that diving stop, you know, that she made or she she booked it and climbed the wall in center field and took away a home run, a something, home run, you know, yeah. um, so, just to be able to fall back and, and record that so you can be able to send out. that That's huge right now, so. Okay, yeah, well. With me, I don't, I don't do it, but my wife, she's on top of it. I mean, now you know, everybody have game changer too, so it makes yeah. it a, a little bit easier for for the videos. Yeah. So we get down to the to the last question, my ultimate question: Who would you like <laughs> to hear on the podcast? With the answer, you gotta help me out a little bit. Man, I've been wrecking my brain trying to figure out. I knew it was coming, man. I learned. I, I heard a couple of your, you know, a few of your podcasts. Haven't never been able to re, uh, hear all of them, but mm-hmm. I was trying to rack my brain, and I'm like, man, who would it be? You know, um, honestly, I think I think if you were to be able to get a college coach on here, mm-hmm. it, it would be nice to hear a different perspective. You know. Um, what, what, what they're ultimately, I, you know, me, I, I can tell you about the recruiting piece that I go through and what mm-hmm. I go through with the coach, right. But if we can get, you know, another coach that's a head coach or maybe even an assistant or, or associate head coach, you know, what their, what their, their whole process is not just recruiting, but once they're there at the field, what they're doing, you know, how they're still developing, what they go through, what they see when the girls get on campus and, you know, from from the select world or the high school world, uh, I think that would, be, that would be awesome. A couple of them come to mind. I don't want to say the names on the on the air just because I don't want to put them on blast. But uh, I'll work with <laughs> my piece. I'll shoot you. Uh, I'll shoot you a message with with a couple of coaches I have in mind, and okay. I'll reach out to them myself. See if we can get them on. Um, okay. But I think that would be really cool. In my opinion, I think that would really mm-hmm. be really good, especially for like our, you know, older coaches, 14, 16, and 18. They can kind of understand what what they should be helping these girls develop and getting ready right. for them to get to college. Oh yeah, I agree. That would be that would be good. And 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 I have a I have one for for sure that he's just waiting for the season to yeah. be over. You know, and he told me he would he would be okay. on it. So so hopefully, okay. you know, that all work out good and, and it'll keep going. I'm trying to just, you know, get get everything. You know, whatever I can do to to help these coaches out on this podcast, that's that's my goal, my ultimate goal to do. And so right now we're going we're going in the right direction. So that's that's the whole thing that about getting the podcast going is is to get positive stuff going in our softball world. Absolutely, man. That's awesome that you're doing this. Oh yeah, yeah. It was, it was just like I heard me said on a few. I, it's just podcast. I don't. know. I got actually Eddie Rodriguez. He mm-hmm. got me listening to. We was at a hitting lessons, and he started talking to me about a podcast. And that next day, I started listening to him, and that was it. 
<laughs> and that's where it all started, huh? Yeah, yeah. Just he off. was telling me, yeah, because he, he was like, yeah, man, I listen to him all the time. You know, when I go to these tournaments, I'm like, hmm, that's a good idea. You know, everybody be sleeping too. And yeah, I started and it's, I don't, I listen to music very little. It's different podcasts, all different types of podcasts. Yeah. So now I want to thank you for, you know, giving me your time to being on the podcast is greatly, greatly appreciated to hear everything that you had to say. And hopefully people take your information and, and, and be, be smart with it. Hey man, I appreciate you having me, you know, and if you, uh, if you ever need anything, you know, shout, you know how to find me and I'll, uh, I'll work on those, those two college coaches that come to mind to see if, uh, more than likely, it'll be out after the season, just like you said. But mm-hmm. yeah. uh, I'll try to see if we can get them on so that we can uh, we can learn their perspective as well. Okay, pick their brain a little bit. Yes, sir. Okay, man, I appreciate you again. All right. Well, you have All a good right. night. All right, you too. I thank my boy Mike Estrada for getting the logo right. So, all my small business owners, if y'all need some logos. Y'all hit up my boy Mike, man. I'll let my boy Thomas. He's still out here getting them kids right. So y'all speed and agility. Y'all need to hit him up. He got some quality work. My boy Jeremy with the tent. Go follow his page on Facebook, GTZ Window Tent, and, and hit him up, man. Y'all get them appointments in. Levi's Reads and more. Let the wife get them doors looking good. You know them doors might be naked, so go ahead and let her get y'all right. Levi's Mobile Detailing, just a call away from getting them cars to looking brand new again. So y'all hit us up, and we ready to get some work in, all of us.